0: you definitely get more flies with uh with honey than uh i don't remember what the damn saying is now but more bees with honey than with i don't even it doesn't matter so anyway anyways you get, get more
1: this. flies yeah all right let's just start <laughs> but, but i then, do
0: know you get lots of honeys when you're being, being fly. fly
1: yes yes oh I, yeah i do know that's how it ends that's right that's true uh, all right well all right. Shall, shall we <laughs> <laughs> a little digression there <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Untranslatable podcast. We are here recording episode number 90 today, quite a milestone, and we have a very special episode in store for everyone. Uh, Today we will be talking about our musical journeys and also the parallels and connection between music and language learning, which uh, are near and dear to both my and Jared's hearts, and I'm sure many of you as well. And, uh, you know, music and language, there are many similarities between them, and we'll be discussing some of those this episode, along with, I'm planning on sharing with uh, all of you a few tips, musical tips and language learning tips as well, so stay tuned for those. We hope you enjoy. Without further ado, my man with the jams, my buddy
1: Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hola, mi amo So Soy de Michigan. Oh, shit. I also know how to say I now I live in, but anyway, hi. That's uh, just a little glimpse into my uh, my Italian uh, Italian. Wow, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> I'm so good. I don't even know what language is it's to my Spanish uh, learning that I've been doing. Um, so, uh, oh, but before I even get into that, please spread a let's, little love. We'll get to that later. First, spread <laughs> a little love uh, by following us on Instagram. Untranslatable podcast always popping on the Instagram. Uh, Twitter uh, untranslatable1 the number 1 that's where i post things like the song of the pod i post the episodes uh, sometimes i'll post clips but if you're willing to see the good clips and all the clips you know that's where the that's what the is for um, or you can email us untranslatablepodcast@gmail.com or check out our website uh untranslatablepodcast.com at all of those places you can hit us up give us a uh, uh, you know give us some feedback Constructive criticism, please. If you want to give us just positive love, you know, uh, spread a little love five star reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. My spread a little love soundboard button is smoking right now. Yeah, it uh, is. <laughs> um, but you can also add the other places, you know, give us some topic ideas, constructive criticism, um, uh, tell us some untranslatables, uh, song of the pot ideas. We'll take them all. We have some fun episodes coming up, though, and you guys are going to be looking forward to what we have coming up soon. I'm excited. Uh, but for now, I'm just trying to keep myself busy doing stuff when I'm not doing podcast stuff. For example, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm fluent in Spanish now. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> or Italian or whatever language that <laughs> I mean, be. same thing. I can even speak some Portuguese. <laughs> Whoa um, there. Whoa there. I,
1: <laughs> I got, uh, I've got a page and a half of notes that I'm holding up to our, the camera for everyone that can see us on YouTube on nice. translatable Podcast. Um, and I've been taking notes. And uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. I, um, I've been learning a lot of stuff. And Chad now is going to challenge me later on. the. You know, I don't want to blow my load with all my Spanish words right <laughs> in the beginning of the episode. Because Chad now, because I like to put him on the spot, uh, decided to flip it back around, uh, flip it and reverse it, as yes, Michelle says. And uh, we're going to now do Spanish words of the pot to make sure I'm actually learning this. That's right. And uh, I, got a, I have a good one for today that I actually learned about like a week ago before I even started these lessons, but it stuck with me and it, it always makes me giggle when oh, I hear sweet. it. Nice. I'm looking forward to hearing it, buddy. And yeah. you know what's
0: what's interesting is I think there are a lot of Americans um, who understand very, very basic rudimentary Spanish because I think it's, it's all around us in a lot of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. you see it on television, you hear it in music, right? Um, Despacito is a huge hit. Either yeah. last year or two years ago. And so, um, yeah, so I'm excited to hear what uh, Spanish you've been learning, what Spanish word of the
1: pod you have for us today. I'm um, actually surprised how much I, I mean, quote unquote, knew, but like how much stuff I already kind of knew off off the bat. Right. Like uh, like I, I didn't really need to be taught the numbers from, uh, you know, from one to ten. Right. Um, But, you know, this has been a very, like, uh, this has been a very – polyglotty sort of a uh, weekend for me because oh, not nice. only have i started learning spanish but you took note shockingly of something on instagram I that did. Uh, we had a, uh, a i started following someone cuz i liked his pictures and he is i believe he's actually portuguese but he's lived in france for a long time and he uh messaged me messaged us on our untranslatable podcast instagram saying merci d'avoir choisi mon compte Oh, Jesus. It's better when I just ri- write it. Uh, comme, si, uh, comme si sa tête, c'est lui d'une... We have actually a good amount of listeners in France, and I am sorry. Don autre en, f- <laughs> en fi, c'est tout moi ça. And so I read it. And I was and I was like um, and I was like I mean I gotta reply to this guy but I don't just want to be like sorry I don't right. speak French thanks right so like I roughly knew what he was saying like I know like merci de avoir choisi mon compte is essentially saying like thanks for choosing my my uh, like you know choosing following you know following me essentially right and so I responded mon plaisir pl- mon plaisir I don't know how you say my that my pleasure yeah okay. j'aime tes photos which is like I like your pictures right and he says c'est gentil which is like oh very nice of you. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, he says, and plus uh, you write French very well. And he says, also he says, are you German? Obviously, you probably looked at our our Instagram. There's a lot of references to German stuff. Right. Or, or he said, uh, I don't know, how you even say this, but he says, or are you Czech, because you right. know there's a bunch of pictures from Prague. Right. And I said, I je parle un peu français seulement. I said I only speak a little French. And he said merci. And I said I'm American. My co-host is uh, lives in Czech, but he also is American. And he and we both speak German. And then he responded with a pretty large paragraph yesterday. He did. And I, I haven't responded yet because I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to even, like, you know, a couple words I had to translate, but it was fun to just uh, even play around with that and be like, you know what? Let's not just do the easy thing and just be like, sorry, I don't speak French and try right. to, like, and let's, let's see how far I can go with this. And now I'm Absolutely. like, oh, shit. Absolutely. That's uh,
0: that's the untranslatable way I would say, Jared, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I think I think we should also give him a shout out because he does have some nice pictures. So where can our listeners find him yeah, to I check out his my pictures? Instagram. Um,
1: his uh, Instagram is uh, Vitor underscore Mendez with an S underscore Pinheiro. Wow, I think I said. Hold on, one second. That sounded Pinheiro, great. Pinheiro Parada. In uh, his. Um, and uh, Pinheiro is P-I-N-H-E-I-R-O. And, yeah, he he's uh, he's Portuguese, but he's spent a good amount of time in France. Yeah, I liked his pictures. He clearly likes to travel. And uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just liked it. So, yeah, um, yeah that's it. Yeah, good um, work on you, buddy. And uh,
0: also thank you to, uh, it was Victor, right? Uh, yes. Vitor, uh-huh. excuse me, V-I-T-O-R. Ah, Vitor. All right. Well, thank you. We really appreciate it. And I have one early shout out before we even get into the shout outs. And uh, this goes to a a friend and a fellow Albion alum of ours, Mm -hmm. um, Alex. um, And she uh, had added uh, a picture uh, basically saying, you know, give Untranslatable Podcasts a listen on her Instagram story. And we cannot say uh, enough how much we really appreciate it. We're happy that she's enjoying the episodes. And she gave us um, some very, very good feedback. You know, sometimes it's good to kind of um, get your boots on the ground and figure out, you know, what the people really want. And so Mm -hmm. I had asked her, you know, yeah, do you have any, 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 uh, you know, feedback or ideas or topics that you would like to hear us discuss? And she mentioned what uh, Jared teased earlier in the very top of the show, which is uh, we are going to be bringing you guys some um, shorter episodes and some tour guide series with more specific. Um, tips and places to visit in many, many different places since such a large part of our podcast obviously is language but also travel. And so keep your eyes out for those. They'll probably be around 20 to 30 minutes and they'll be very condensed um, ideas of uh, ways you can travel. Me personally, I try to be a budget traveler so I'm sure there'll be some good cheap travel tips for all of you in various cities
1: and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And the plan thus far is every other Saturday they'll be released. So look forward to that. And we kind of had this conversation uh, at the beginning of the Untranslatable podcast because we did one episode similar to this, maybe our third or fourth episode, uh, about uh, visiting Italy because you were considering mm-hmm. that. But uh, I think the format is better for a shorter episode. And we've also talked about how not everyone likes our hour and a half to two hour episodes. Right. So uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to be a friend of the people. Um, so yeah thank you Alex you know what made me very uncomfortable though with her uh, she had a very nice story very lovely and it seemed like she was in the bath that didn't make me uncomfortable what made me uncomfortable <laughs> I did not mean that in a weird way also. <laughs> I just meant that's not what made me uncomfortable what made me uncomfortable was the placement of what looked like her iPad did you notice that I it didn't was, like, look that, that closely on the side of the bathtub and I was so like nervous that it was either gonna fall in I was like do you not splash at all when you're right. in a bathtub, how is it just perched there? So how are you so confident with it sitting there? I would right. be freaking out. Um, by the she way, I'm- She
0: invested in a really good iPad stand, or <laughs> she did not hear the song, Splish Splash, I'm Taking a Bath, when she was growing up. So she oh, doesn't splash, not. who knows?
1: Uh, dude, when I was a kid, when I was, I believe, around five years old, uh, I definitely didn't hear that song when I was five. I was um, uh, like essentially sort of dancing in the bathtub, standing up, and I slipped- Uh-oh. Ooh. And I hit my face on the edge of the bathtub <laughs> oh, so bad no. that my mouth started bleeding and my mom had to rush me to the dentist. Oh, um, God. Smooth. And, and, <laughs> I, by the way, I was not done with my language-filled f- weekend. I did one more oh, language let's hear it. thing. Oh, let's hear it. And that is go to a concert. You see what I did there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do see what you that's, did there.
1: That's the, uh, the universal language. So um, my uh, girlfriend, she used to go to Temple, and um, she still has friends there. And one of them, his name is Gianni, and I, I, I really want to be friends with him. Oh, I've talked to you about him. Remember yeah. when I talked to you about that party? He yeah. was the that I, I went to a long time ago. He was the one that uh, was talking about jamming and stuff. He's. I wish I could play the song too, but I can't, obviously. But he's also right. um, his major is like um, audio engineering and audio production. Oh, so sweet. He's, okay. He's a very talented. He actually. I, I'll play you the song after when the mics are off because he mixed the song himself, and I mean it sounds as professional as any song would. That's awesome. And so he's a um, he's part of this little group at his school called um, uh, Coffee Table Series. It's like a they'd put like, um, they put on like they put on concert series, and on their Instagram is more coffee than talk. If you want to look them up on Instagram, mm-hmm. and they used to put like they used to be sort of like a rogue show. So they used to like just find sort of common areas on around their school. And like a couple of times they'd get in trouble by security for not actually renting out right. areas and putting on right. concerts in, in these little areas and like security would be like, you can't be here. But um, they got uh, noticed by one of the per, uh, one of the uh, staff that works at for the Temple radio station. Mm-hmm. And so they gave him like this dedicated space in the Temple radio station building to put on these concerts. I should have taken a picture of the space, but I didn't. But it's like this really cool... Um, Sort of recording studio room that's, you know, got enough space for if you're really jamming people, jamming people in there, 50 people, probably about 25 people at this one. Nice. And there was a band called Rubber and um, they put on this concert of about maybe seven or eight, maybe nine songs. And uh, I was blown away by it. Uh, It was a lot of fun. And, uh, it was, it was very, um, as you mentioned before we started talking, um, before we started not talking, obviously we were talking before we started recording, it was very like, um, tiny desk concert style. And nice. there was, uh, it was, it was really cool. And it was cool to see like the, um, the production of it. Cause you know, I'm kind of an audio nerd and I was, um, he doesn't know that I, I don't think he knows that I do a podcast, but, like, I was asking him questions about his setup, and he was like, you are trying to get into audio recording? And I was like, no, 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 I was just, uh, just curious. <laughs> you should you have you told him yes, man. What's the downside of saying yes? Also, we have been having this conversation about how we need to stop being ashamed of our own podcast. <laughs> I mean, I've actually been spreading the word quite a bit now. That's true. You did mention that. I need to get on that, too, because I could have just easily been like, I don't know if I'm interested in recording music, but, you know, I have a podcast where I do some, you know, basic audio stuff and i'm always looking for ways to improve the audio quality right Uh, i don't know why i didn't say that although i'm gonna see him on wednesday so maybe i'll bring it up then there you go you should
0: also try to jam with him man i'm telling you yeah Uh, see see when when jared and i first um did our our jam tracks also check out our instagram if you want to give it a listen Mm -hmm. um you know not to put you on blast buddy but you were definitely a little uncomfortable and a little nervous about it which is normal you know yeah um especially if you haven't really jammed before and especially you know if we're putting it out there to our listeners you know it's it's a bit of a nerve-wracking experience right
1: for sure for
0: sure cuz it's you know when you as a musician you're you're really you're kind of vulnerable right like it's like it's really power of the people when it comes to music like either people like it or they don't and people uh-huh. can be can be brutal about it but um, I think you one. You have a good ear, which I think has helped you as a language learner and obviously as a musician. And two, I have always loved your taste in music. And oh, you know, some people have good taste, some people don't. But I think I think when you have that that ear and that that kind of you you know what sounds good, what maybe doesn't quite sound good to you, I think it really helps you as a musician, and I think also in a lot of ways, there are some parallels to being a language learner. You know, you you develop your ear and then you realize, oh, that that didn't sound quite so right. Maybe I need to try to say it in a different way or something like that. But uh, the last thing I'd like to add before we move on to our shout outs is I also had a bit of a polyglot weekend. So I was practicing my check a little bit with some people I met. So that was interesting. They were, but see, the funny thing is, dude, if you say four or five very basic phrases in check, Uh, the first thing people tend to say is, oh, you speak really good Czech. And it's like, no. (laughs) This is my limit. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But what was fascinating is I took an Uber. I was with my friend David, right? Ooh, uh, pleasure. And I took, exactly, I took an Uber with David um, and the the dude was Ukrainian. And so I was speaking a little bit of Czech with him. Mm -hmm. And then when he said he was from Ukraine, um, then David... No, what did I, somehow, basically, him and David started speaking Russian. Right. And I am surprised how much I understood, because there were a lot of similarities between Czech. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, the, the word for English teacher is pretty much the same. Five months is the same, and more or less the same. The pronunciation's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really cool for me to, like, listen to them have a conversation, and I understood bits and pieces. Not a ton, right. but bits right, and right, pieces. Right. And I mean, even the fact so cool. that you
1: could... Pick up words is, is it feels good. Even if you like right. you don't expect to be like, oh wow, I understand exactly what they're saying. Exactly. But it's like, oh, cool. I didn't think I'd you just get start any of
0: speaking this. Russian randomly, like <laughs> David would be like, do what? <laughs> like right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think uh I think another thing too though is if uh, and here's another early little parallel with language and music, if you start listening to music in a foreign language, you'll pick up on especially cognates usually fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to kind of reinforce and expand your vocabulary when you're listening to music in a foreign language, which we will have for all of you later for our song of the pod, and we're excited to share that with you as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Jared, I, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to... Spread a little love. Yeah, me too. Me too. You better believe it. Well, Jared, would you like me to
1: start, or do you have some uh, shout-outs uh, you for You start, us? and then do them all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, Dude, by the way, before you start, though, it's been a depressing freaking weekend on the social medias usually since you're usually uh coming with a great um shout outs i like to just like uh patrol the social medias and see if anything pops up there it's just been it's just been depressing bro from politics to more shootings to uh, a rough 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 go on, on on twitter these days right yeah, it's it's
0: it, yeah. That's why we try to do this segment is yeah put some positivity back out in the universe because we Please definitely need it. Spread a little love. So my first one goes out to, um, uh, oh, man, I hate I hate this I hate this headline. Um, so let me let me let me try to reword this headline real quick. Read the headline uh, first,
1: then reword. Okay, it, or the headline it, then is, read it. One of the two.
0: The headline is this is from the ScienceTimes dot And the headline is, African Teen Builds Windmills from Junk and Supplies His Village with Electricity. But I would say the way I would rewrite this, rewrite this, sorry, I can't talk apparently. Rewrite it? Yeah, that sounds Uh, about white. uh, Oh, oh, oh,
1: (laughs) Oh, geez. Um,
0: I would say I would rewrite it as um, Malawi teenager Kamkwamba, which is his name, Um, You know, builds windmills from spare parts and supplies his village with electricity.
1: That's the way I would put it. And why, yeah, that's so, that always annoys me. Even though, like, you know, they're not saying from the country of Africa, why can't you specify the country? Exactly. Like, they wouldn't say European, they'd probably say the country exactly exactly and even in the the broad just like african so broad (laughs) right
0: well and it's even the same with the states you know i mean if you just google florida man you'll find all sorts of beautiful (laughs) headlines and stuff you know so but anyway so let me let me read this a bit uh, skim this article for you and our listeners because this is a really amazing story and this is why i wanted to cover it um is that um so unfortunately he was kicked out of school because his family didn't have the money to pay for uh, school fees. But Kamkwamba was not, um, you know, he, he was determined to continue learning. So he spent his days in the library where a book with photographs of windmills caught his, uh, his eye. I thought, this thing exists in this book. It means someone else managed uh, to build this machine. Armored with the book, the then 14-year-old taught himself how to build windmills. Hmm. He scoured through junkyards for items including bicycle parts, plastic pipes, tractor fans and car batteries for the tower, then collected wood from blue gum trees. And this is the this is the crazy part, but I love I love that he con- continued and persisted. Everyone laughed at me when I told them I was building a windmill. They thought I was crazy. Then I started telling them I was just playing with the parts. That sounded more normal. That was in 2002. Now he has five windmills. The tallest is at 37 feet. Whoa. Yeah, and he built one at an area school that um, he used to actually teach classes on windmill building. The windmills generate electricity and pump water in his uh, hometown north of the capital, Lulongwe. Neighbors regularly trek across dusty footpaths to his house to charge their cell phones. Others stop by... To try to listen to Malawian reggae music blaring from a radio. Um, Ooh, we might have to, right there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. I want to (laughs) know what that sounds like. (laughs) Right, Um, but yeah. So I think it's really amazing that uh, Kamkwamba has created these windmills, even though people were kind of putting him down for it. You know, it's really amazing that he was really doing this to better his community. Yeah. Yet, because it's not normal per se, whatever normal means people were laughing at him and thinking he was crazy. And uh, I think that's too bad, but it just goes to show how whenever anyone tries to push the envelope and, you know, do something that's maybe a little abstract or out of the ordinary, people tend to judge you and laugh at you. But I think this is really amazing. So lots of love to Kamkwamba, who is now 22. And now he's a student, actually, at the African Leadership Academy, which is an elite South African school for young leaders. Uh, young leaders. I can't speak English today. Yeah, what is happening? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But big shout out to you, Kamkwamba. Keep up the great work. And uh, it's really amazing to hear these kinds of stories.
1: Yeah, and it's also cool to see it actually translated to, like, not only him... Turning a bad situation where you can't afford school, you know, or it's like one part is actually having the motivation to do this on your own, just like because you're interested in this stuff, but then actually using these things to improve your community is like uh, the next step that I think is is great. Right. At first I thought you were just gonna say like it was at his home or something. I didn't realize he was actually helping like his village. Yeah. 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 For sure. So yeah. So that's really amazing, and I mm-hmm. think
0: I think people need to take these kind of stories to heart and realize that. Don't be afraid to push the envelope. Don't be afraid to take risks and also use your local libraries. You know, I mean, we sometimes we don't realize how privileged we are when you live in a country where you have the Internet, you know, so easily that's so easily accessible. But, you know, if you don't have those options, well, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But, (laughs) you know, take advantage of your of your resources, whether it's on the Internet or at libraries. I remember when I was a little kid. Uh, my dad would take me to the library all the time. He would always nerd out on art books and I would get stuff, you know, sports or music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um to so
1: take and advantage of those resources. Nowadays there there's, you know, even through the internet there's access to a lot of libraries because there are plenty of apps for your where you can uh rent audiobooks for free through your local library. And so right. like theoretically people don't even really have to be buying audiobooks like they are because uh libraries are now trying to obviously um sort of uh 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 developed for the modern era. Right. Right, which is also great. Mm-hmm. Well my next
0: shout out goes out to um well it's kind of random, uh, but Washington University School of Medicine researchers because they are now leading an international team in a long term effort to eradicate uh tropical diseases. Um, and so one of them is called elephantitis, and I'm trying to look at the other one. Um, I have elephantitis of the day. And and river, <laughs> God damn it, Jared. <laughs> and and uh, river blindness uh, as well. So these are both parasitic diseases that basically sound like it's straight out of a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so insects will bite humans and transmit the tiny parasitic uh, ner- uh, worms, which will cause very debilitating. De- Illnesses and so the Washington University of uh, Medicine. These researchers have uh, received 24.7 million in grant funding from. So this is another kind of mini shout out within a shout out <laughs> from the from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.
1: Oh, nice, nice.
0: Yeah. So it's this is really amazing, love. and hopefully they'll be able to really make some serious changes and come up with some. Um, solutions to these diseases and eradicate them that would be absolutely amazing
1: bill gates is a great representation of a rich person because Mm -hmm. he um i mean there's it's so weird when you look at people like jeff bezos or it's like do you this is you have more than enough money for like 60 lifetimes right and it's like bill gates gives away it seems like the majority of his money and i'm sure he's still living quite all right you know it's like these people are so rich that you can give away billions, hundreds of millions, and still live comfortably, yet a lot of them don't do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And my last shout-out goes out to uh, a woman named Mona Schaefer, who is now 96 years old, and she still plays trumpet for a band which was founded in 1951.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So the story is Mona Schaefer is uh, a part of... Uh, a group i believe called the serenaders and the band was founded by local by the local masons at the time they actually didn't allow women to perform but she was yeah so the moonlight serenaders um and so the the group now has been uh you know playing for 68 years and uh there's 20 members in the band and the ages obviously are very wide range but what's really amazing about mona Schaefer is she has played more gigs in more bands than most of her bandmates combined and she's still going strong
1: man that's great and uh i mean that's that's um you know not to get ahead of myself but that's another good you know we've always we've talked a lot about how learning a language is great for your your mind and when you're older mm-hmm. and, and the instruments the same thing it it has the same sort of effect on on your mind it keeps you sharp way way later into your life if you're Keeping your—it's like a workout, essentially working out for your Oh, breath. definitely, absolutely. So,
0: big shout out to you, uh, Mona Schaefer. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Keep on swinging. That's and actually playing beautiful fun jazz fact. music. This
1: uh, hamhorn—that's actually Mona Schaefer. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, well, Jared, do you happen to know what time it is? Ooh, right on time. Right on. As time. always, the unmistakable cuckoo of the untranslatable owl coming at you. Uh, I'll start. Why not? My first one is par- uh, it's Portuguese, and it's uh, I believe from Portugal, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Mm-hmm. But don't don't quote me on that. Partir a Luíca Dora, and it means uh, breaking all the dishes. Breaking. Ooh, breaking all the dishes. Is, is it like burning bridges? Uh, no, but I understand why you would think that. It's actually okay. more of a um, positive thing.
0: Breaking all the dishes. Huh. So is it... Do we have like a similar English untranslatable? Or a um, phrase? Or not really? No? All right. No, I'm sure um, we do,
1: but I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Breaking all the dishes. Is this like... Um, so let's... Can I give you... An, let's say... I'll just give you an example. Okay. Or unless you have... A, unless you are about to guess. I
0: mean, I guess it would be like, would be like when something's just awesome, like a great party or something.
1: Ah! Ooh, all right. Uh, all it's right. not a, not a great party though. You were right when you said awesome. Not really a great party. I guess you could do it though. You said like this party's awesome. breaking all the dishes. Uh-huh. So, let, so oh, for example, right. you and I say we were invited to a party, and I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I'll guess I go to the, I'll go to this party, but. Uh, you know, I'm not thrilled about it, and then we Typical go there. And we're, we're jamming. We're like, "Oh <laughs> shit! This party's breaking all the dishes." <laughs> oh man, we need to start using that one. <laughs> so that's it's when a good it, one. something exceeds your expectations and it's amazing. Okay.
0: Oh nice. It's yeah. kind of like that one. That untranslatable breaking all the dishes makes me think of when. You're invited to something kind of last minute. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm, should I go? Should I not go? And then you yeah. decide to go and it ends up exactly just exceeding your expectations. You have a great time,
1: right? As someone that often tries to convince myself not to go to things, <laughs> by the way, tomorrow when I post uh, – you, did you see the clip that I posted um, the other day of uh, – are you Instagram. talking shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, that was hilarious. You'll yeah. love what I post uh, tomorrow. I mean, I won't get spe- specific cuz it won't make sense to other people. You'll love what I post tomorrow. But, I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah, but when I usually like decide to um go to some sort of event or something like that, you know, there's usually a whole lot of I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And what's always right. what I always remind myself in the back of my head or it's is like it's never like the outcome is never anything worse than, oh, that was pretty good. Like, it's not, I've never come out of it like, oh my God, that was the worst. Why did I waste that time? Right, right. And I'm always breaking all the dishes with myself. It's just, you have to, you know, get out of the house. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jared,
0: uh, to celebrate your journey into Spanish learning dumb, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, I have two Spanish ones for you, but don't worry, listeners, I also have a Czech one as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll start mm-hmm. off with Spanish, though. We'll do a nice little Spanish Czech sandwich today. Um, so, Jared, the, the first one I'll give you is,
1: uh, it's one word, and it's tutear. So I'm going to take a guess. I love how I'm already a professional. Is the tute part <laughs> something to do with, like, all or, like, everything, something like that? So no, so no, Jared. In Spanish, as, as
0: hopefully you have already learned, you have tú and usted.
1: We, I, oh, I did ask about verb tenses, and okay, uh, nice. yeah, I got the response you were looking for. Uh, oh, oh, so uh, t- that's like the formal, uh, the Tut- formal you. Tu is informal you. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: All right, what does it mean? Obviously, I don't know. It means to treat someone informally by addressing them as tu instead of the more formal usted.
1: Oh, it's, so it's like dutsen. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Tu yeah. te so is that uh-huh. like what if if you were to just like usted someone, they would say back to you tutear. I ha- I great
0: question. I have this is one you're gonna have to ask your lady because <laughs> I'm not sure. And see that's the thing, my Spanish is very very basic, and a lot of the cultural stuff I didn't learn because I was you know just doing Spanish via Babel.
1: Right. So right, it was right. more
0: language-focused than culture-focused. Um, that's a good question. And I've heard in different Spanish... And please, can you actually ask your girlfriend this? Because I'm sure she would know. I've heard in, in different places in, in South America um, and then in Spain, some places they will use tú, which is the informal you, and usted in very different scenarios. Um, okay. So if you wouldn't mind asking that, because I'm I'm genuinely curious... I could, I could definitely also just ask one of my native Spanish speaker friends, but ask her and get back to us on the podcast because I'm sure we okay. have some listeners out there that might be curious as well.
1: You know, I was talking to her about... I was um, I was telling her how I'm always shocked... Uh, sorry, I'm writing down which... you different ...countries. I was telling her how um, it's always shocking to me how someone can learn a language just through school. Um, and she said... She went to a school that, uh, you know, she's from around here uh, in Philadelphia. She went to a school that focused heavily on the speaking part and not on the grammat- grammatical part. Which is she, great. And she says she remembers having to give like a 40-minute presentation in Spanish and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, yeah, a lot of people from my school left actually being able to speak Spanish. And I was like, wow. It's like uh, this blows my mind because, you know, as I've mentioned many times, I've I've been in a similar situation and I can't. Speak uh, much French as you've noticed, <laughs> right? But hey, you could—you sure as hell can message in French. That's true. I, yeah, that's true. I can. I, I can... was—I
0: was very impressed when we first got that message from him. I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I really hope
1: Jared takes the reins on this one." <laughs> so that's good. Anyways, Jared, what a uh, untranslatable do you have for us today? I have one more, and it's Soto. Do you know where Soto is speaking? Spoken? Jeez, no, no idea. Soto is speaking in Lesotho, uh, South African, Zimbabwe. So it's a Southern African language. And uh, the phrase is Hobua Hase Ho Peta. And it literally means speaking is not an accomplishment. I disagree here at the Untranslatable Podcast. That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Um, especially today for us
0: for some reason. But anyways.
1: Um, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, neither
0: of us can speak English today. Maybe it's because we had such crazy polyglot weekends, I guess. Exactly. Or Who knows? Okay, so I think this is, does this mean like all talk, no action? Essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Great talkers are never great doers. Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. There's
0: a beautiful uh, Kendrick L- kendrick lamar line that says um i don't talk about it be about it Mm -hmm. which is how it should be for sure yeah um good okay so i'll I'll give you oh yeah i said we were going to do a sandwich so let me give you the check one first oh yeah so and this is a this is a cool one i like this one uh, cesto cesto, which means road or no road
1: Mm, like is that like hell or high water almost where it's like like we're doing this no matter what like we're going to make this happen almost you know road what or no I, road. you know what i'll i'll give it to you the judges the judges uh,
0: <laughs> the, the untranslatable <laughs> judges approve and so so uh, cesto, ne testo is basically so road or no road refers to traveling on difficult roads with lots of obstacles mm, so that's mm, why okay. i would i would give the come hell or high water um so yeah so the word cesta means road um but there's technically other than this idiom, there's no real word ne, necesta, right? But in Czech, you can put the "ne" on the on the beginning of the word and it negates it's a negate, it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like "já uh, vím," as I understand, "nevím" means I don't understand. But I ne thought this one was is a I really don't cool. Have. Ex- Ooh, exactly. So yeah, so, so I thought this was great. Um, and I think this relates a lot to what we might be discussing later in terms of parallels between music and language learning. Yeah, Sometimes you're going to feel frustrated, either whether it's learning an instrument or learning how to speak a foreign language, and you just have to,
1: road or no road, you got to keep, keep on keeping on. Yeah, and it's even more satisfying when you do get it. Like, I've been struggling with uh, Ronda La Turca, which you recommended I learn how to play, mm-hmm. and I have been learning it. And, uh, like, I finally figured out this one part, and it's very satisfying. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Jared, I have one more uh, Spanish untranslatable for See. you. See.
0: And here we go. <laughs> it is fri- friolero. Do you know what frio means? No. It's like cold or freezing.
1: Uh, okay. I'm gonna friolero. Write that down. Friolero. I don't know what lero means either. Well, if I told you, it, it blatantly gives away the
0: untranslatable. Oh, is it like cold shoulder? No, no, no. Uh, So, friolero is a person who is especially sensitive to cold water and temperatures. Mm,
1: mm, mm. Like everyone, all my family from Louisiana. (laughs) Exactly. 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 (laughs) There you go. Do you know, but what does lero
0: mean? Is that like sensitive or? Well, no, no. I think that's like a person who does something. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe. Um, I I think that's what that ending is for because it's like... um, like, what's a, what's a bolero in Spanish? I've
1: heard that word before. Hold I on. Listen, um, I've had a lesson and a half. Bolero yeah, lo- is um, a Spanish dance characterized by sharp turns, sta- stamping of the feet, and sudden pauses and a position. Oh yeah, it's
0: music. Yeah, it's m- music and also clothing. So never mind. I'm not. I'm not really sure what the <laughs> lero ending is, but I thought it had something to do with a person who does something. But I could be completely wrong about that. So my apologies. Okay. Um, that's another question you can ask your girlfriend. Why is it called <laughs> friolero?
1: I'm going to give you all sorts of homework now that you're le- she, learning Spanish. She's actually very much enjoyed, but te- uh, teaching me Spanish, it's she uh, she loves it. So that's it's great. really
0: fulfilling. I've yeah. I've really enjoyed when people you know ask me, oh, teach me this in English or teach me that. So or in yeah. German as well. Um, so yeah, well, great. Well, keep up the good work, Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank and, you. And uh, Spanish is just it's a beautiful language. Yes, as we've talked about many many times. Music in Spanish is just absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. I think let's talk about
1: music and language. Let's get into it. Sure, sure. Um, first, let's, let's get into our personal music histories. I started playing in a quote-unquote band in probably like late elementary school, maybe fourth or fifth grade, probably fourth grade.
0: Can can you explain band to our international listeners out there cuz I'm not sure if they have band in schools like sure. we do in the states?
1: Yeah, not a cool band. <laughs> <laughs> not a not an epic rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, most schools in the US have some sort of band program, which is essentially, you know, a band is a group of people playing music together. And mm-hmm. um it, they they um it's just like it's essentially just a it's essentially just a, uh, essentially just a class that teaches kids how to play instruments through you know, playing songs and stuff. And there are a bunch of different ones, I can get into some of them, I've been to it, but like when you're in elementary school, it's more just like, it's more just essentially a class to teach people how to play instruments um, that they call band. You know, like you're not actually, I mean, you give performances and stuff, but it's not like that impressive. I mean, if I were a parent, I, you know, hats off to my parents and all parents that had to go wash that garbage. Right. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the instruments that you can play in band? Uh well the you know, uh, the first instrument I think every child learns how to play recorder. in America is the recorder the most recorder. annoying instrument on earth. Yep. Yep. Um uh but you know the popular band instruments are saxophone, clarinet, flute, percussion, um trumpet. Not Which really Which you played? I did play that. Uh not really trombone. That's I mean there is obviously trombones a big part of most bands, but I'm right. talking about like elementary school trombone it's might be big, a little isn't too it? big and a little too complex maybe right working because you're both working with the embouchure which is your mouth and then also the and your I think it's a little too much for like a fourth or fifth grader right um what are some other big ones um as clarinet, you get older flute. tuba yeah tuba yeah you start to work in more of the brass instruments and bigger instruments as mm-hmm. you get older but i think the ones i listed clarinet saxophone trumpet uh flute percussion those are sort of the big starters for a lot of people oh definitely for sure um Maybe even not even saxophone. I'd just throw a clarinet. Usually people's saxophone players tend to start with clarinet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started with percussion. And, you know, obviously everyone in fourth or fifth grade would want to choose that. Uh, it's, right. <laughs> you're just banging a bunch of stuff. It's fun. Right. But then, like, I quickly, so then I went, I went to a different school for middle school and they asked, you know, what instruments do you play? And I said, I play percussion. I played in our percussion band. And so, like, they had me do, like, a quick little quote unquote uh, audition thing. And they're like, yeah, you're going to play some drums. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so, oh, me man. being me, I thought, oh, I'll choose a trumpet. It's only three buttons. That seems easy. Right. If and only I, you knew. <laughs> yeah. And so I started playing trumpet when I was in sixth grade. And I played that through to, um, through to, uh, 10th grade. Um, it, and, um, that, you know, it was, that was kind of it, much like my French lessons. I wish I was more dedicated to it. And I wish I I cared more about it. Because it was definitely more like I didn't really practice. I, um, like I, I i was honestly i was kind of embarrassed a little bit like to be walking around school carrying my trumpet case you know that's probably really? part of the reason okay. why i didn't practice so enough because i didn't want to take it home on the subway carrying my truck i don't know i don't i don't even know what that was but um, i feel like
0: that that's like a cool like i don't know maybe do because it's different because i play guitar but right i always i always have a little little pep on my step when i'm walking
1: around carrying <laughs> a guitar case <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I played trumpet for a bit and I was, so I was in like your standard band, which is just like the sort of ensemble, but in middle school, excuse me, in high school when I was in Germany, I also was in the jazz band. And so Mm -hmm. we played stuff like you give me fever, for example, that was a song I remember that we would play. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, nowadays, you know, and then after 10th grade, I came back to the U S and I didn't have to play an instrument. So I just kind of stopped, and um, uh, it's. I still have my trumpet. It's at my my parents' house, and I um, constantly consider bringing it back, but I don't want my neighbors to uh, to uh, call the cops on me. Right. That's that's the only negative thing about brass instruments is they
0: can be very very loud. Right. When you practice, Brad, uh,
1: Brad you know my, my friend Brad, uh, the silent third co host of this podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, he also used to play trumpet and um. In school, and uh, he recently brought his took his brought his from um, his mom's place, and mm-hmm. he uh, he took a picture of it and sent it to me, and he was saying that he uh, wants to get back into it, and uh, and I told him I was like you should take a, like you should find a teacher and you know start taking lessons, and uh, and he says I think I will I'm reading it right now he's like I think I'll pick it back up fairly easy uh, easy once I get notes on how to read music back under my belt. And I said, yeah, but it's tough uh, to actually improve on your own. And then you respond to that because I don't of think course. he was having it. But because now that I've been playing piano for a couple months, I'm a professional. No, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I mean, I understand that you can sort of months. like get back to where you were in like ninth grade. But like you're not like it's at least from what I've noticed, it's pretty hard to actually improve on your own. At least maybe it's not hard, but it takes way more time, I would say. Well, see, see, here's here's
0: the thing. And this this is uh, one early parallel between language and music is that whether you want to, you know, teach yourself a language or teach yourself an instrument, you need a teacher or maybe not even a teacher, but a tutor or, or a friend or someone who kind of guides you along. Because when you're learning something like a language or an instrument, you know, the, the goal is to produce something correctly right with right. the language, it's obviously correct pronunciation, correct grammar, whatever. Uh, with an instrument you want to be playing in the right the right pitch, the right rhythm, all that stuff right mm-hmm. And you can get so caught up on the, the process of trying to produce this that you don't really hear or are aware of the, the actual thing you're producing right For music, you might not realize you're playing everything sharp or flat, right or you you're, you're rushing something right? Um, With a language, you might not realize that, you know, oh, I totally didn't conjugate that verb right there, or, you know, that's actually pronounced this way, not that way. You know, I had many German students who would pronounce the E-I and ie's opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. so so like, like Wien, which is German for Vienna, and then Wein, which is German for wine. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would write Wien on the chalkboard, and they'd say, oh, blah, 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 Wein. And I would always have to be like, no, (laughs) like, it's Wien. And so, yeah, if you don't have a teacher or a friend or someone to assist you, um, it's going to take a lot longer to pick up on those things.
1: Yes. And um, my piano teacher often tells me this, um, is that it's also, you know, you, you, you know a lot of that is like the technique that it, it's, it's not that you can't learn the technique on your own. But, I mean, you can learn it much quicker if someone just tells you what it is. Exactly. And my piano teacher always tells me that it takes much longer to unlearn a mistake than it does to learn something correctly the first time. Mm -hmm. And so once (laughs) once you start uh, learning a mistake – excuse me. Once you start learning a mistake – and uh, like, that's how you play something. Like for example, sometimes in songs, if I learn a song, you know, you'll, I'll look at it once or twice and think I, I know how it goes and I'll realize that I've been playing right. the wrong note or the wrong yeah. melody for the whole, wrong, whole time. And that takes forever. And then like, it's just, you've learned it like that so many times that it's muscle memory. So, you know, it, it, it's pretty quick if you're learning a song, at least for me, to not even have to look at the music, not that it's memorized, but not to just have to stare note by note, but right. then you're just playing off a of memory. And so mm-hmm. you're you're not telling your hands what to do or your mouth what to do. It's just doing it, and then right. now you're now you have to actively remind yourself not to do that instead of just doing it the right way. And so exactly, um, you know. Uh, so you know, after all that, after I stopped playing uh, trumpet, I kind of just stopped with you know music learning for uh, until I started playing piano, which I started maybe three years ago at this point. And you know, I'd always either I'd always kind of. Admired piano and I always thought it would be cool to learn and uh, when I moved here to philadelphia uh, I, I Just I you know when I first got here not that much has changed. I had a lot of free time and um, I was like, you know I'd be you know sitting down watching TV or something and I'd be like I could be doing something way more productive with my free time sure. than just sitting here and literally that day when I was just thinking about that I was like, I'll just buy a keyboard and so, uh, you know, I went on Amazon, bought a, Yam- a Yamaha, Yamaha, key- maybe if you're British, uh, British, a Yamaha, uh, I bought a, a Yamaha <laughs> keyboard, and uh, I just started, uh, you know, started, you know, sort of looking up how to, you know, self-taught lessons online and stuff. And, but then, honestly, within, like, a month, I could tell the, like, if I actually, especially, you know, with an instrument like piano, where it's, you know, it's not, like, there's a lot of technique in what you're doing with your hands, a lot of sort of ways to reduce sort of like the fatigue in your hands by way you move and all that stuff and how you like hold your hand like just specifically how you form your hand and um and so i was like i feel like if i actually want to learn this i need to find a teacher and then i just googled you know piano teacher and found my current teacher but um yeah that's it's so i've been doing that for like three years and it's been great i love it and now um it makes me want to uh get back into trumpet which i will do at some point i just need to be as living a place that has a little bit uh, more space between me and my neighbors than I currently yeah, do.
0: That's fair. That's fair, and that's that's why uh, I'm very lucky as a guitarist. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can really play almost anywhere, and I have my little traveler guitar here that even has a headphone jack where I can plug right. it in and get the sounds of an electric guitar. And I've played it at train stations in hotel rooms where the walls were paper thin. Right. You know, uh, my, my neighbors in the hotel room were uh, doing some uh, some naughty adult things while I'm sitting there playing my guitar, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Slipping uh... on gator piss. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's also what I like about, you know, the keyboard, too. I mean, it's not as portable, obviously. But, um, you know, you could, you could play it anywhere. I, I right. usually don't put the headphones on. I don't like playing like that. Uh, right. Well, we'll also get into some of my shortcomings of my practicing, which is I often uh, practice with a podcast playing in the background, which. Oh, no, no, no. I know. Bad. I know. That's, that's. I know. Why, Jared? I, I have a real issue with uh, like I, I, this, I, I struggle for me to focus just with nothing going on in the background like that. I mean, like I'm what always a- multitasking. Always. Right. I always well, have headphones on or something. Yeah. Mm, I don't. Yeah, uh, but I good. never. I mean, it's. A, I know. I know. <laughs> I never. I mean, it's this is almost impossible. Like, I'm never listening to music while I practice piano. That's literally impossible for me to do. Well, right. Well, that uh, that's like that's like reading while like I cannot read and listen
0: to like someone talking.
1: Right. I mean, I do that too. Like at work, I often you know a lot of my job involved reading articles and stuff, and I would have podcasts on while I do that too. That's really fascinating. I can't. I can't do that. Um, but yeah. But I think uh,
0: let's let's get a little bit into. Well, I guess just I'll give I'll give our listeners also just the quick background of my music learning journey as well. Um, And then and then I would like to discuss some parallels, some similarities between learning an instrument and learning about music and learning languages, Mm -hmm. um, which I think will be very insightful. So uh, just the the quick story for me was I I had always my mom uh, is a great singer and I would always sing with her when I was a little kid. And then uh, when I was probably eight or nine, there was a guy, I still remember this, there was a guy named Johnny Lang, who's a blues guitar player, that uh, somehow, for, for some reason, got like a special like spot on Disney. And I remember I was at my grandma's house in Pinckney, Michigan, um, watching Disney, and he came on with his black Stratocaster and was just wailing on it. And I thought it was, it was the coolest thing in the world, right? hmm. And then what really did it for me, though, um, was I was in the car with my with my dad and uh, he pops in. This was our younger listeners maybe won't be able to relate to this. So I apologize. But he popped in a cassette tape in the cassette huh? player. <laughs> I know. Right. And uh, it was of Stevie Ray Vaughan's Texas Flood. And it was the I believe it's the opening track. I could be wrong, but it's the single called Texas Flood, which is the mm-hmm. same name as the album. And the way Stevie Ray Vaughan played guitar, it was just so raw, a lot of vibrato. And it's just, it, to me, it was just one of, it was one of those times in your life where you hear something for the first time. And I was just like, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, because I, I was kind of interested in um, learning drums, maybe. But that
1: that automatically just drew me to the guitar. I'm sure your parents are very happy that you went towards guitar and not drum.
0: (laughs) I I would say so, for sure. And then what's funny is, so I think I picked up the guitar in third grade. I was 10 years old. I got an electric guitar for Christmas. I remember I could not sleep at all that night. I was super excited. And I came downstairs in the morning, opened it up. My, my parents had bought this guitar from, like, a Sears magazine. It was, like, a guitar amp set, right? And the guitar mm-hmm. was a smaller-scale guitar, and uh, it wouldn't work. Like, like, you could play it, but, like, the guitar and the amp didn't work. I don't know if it was the amp or the – I don't really know. But we took it into the, the music shop. Uh, it's called Music Around in Ann Arbor. And uh, we showed the guys the guitar and the amp, and they said, well, you know, if, if your son really is actually serious about playing – you should really just get him a full-size guitar and a small little practice amplifier, and go from there. And so, uh, so that's what we did. So we, my parents, hung up, returning the other guitar to Sears. I think it was actually a Yamaha, um, Yamaha. which they actually make. They actually make some decent <laughs> instruments, though. Um, and so I got uh, basically a black Stratocaster copy by this company called Austin. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if they're still around anymore. But um, so yeah, so that was my first guitar.
1: I wanted to play blues, so I learned some basic blues stuff. I actually had a kind of similar experience with the piano. Is my first Yamaha was a 76 key non weighted keyboard. So weighted means like oh, you gotta get the weighted man, right? Weighted means if it's non weighted, that means like you can't do dynamics. It's just either note or no note. You can't do like quiet or louder. Right. And my piano teacher said the same thing. She's like, if you actually want to learn piano. And use a keyboard. You have to have full 88 keys. Yep. And, and weighted. you have to have weighted so you can actually do dynamics. Right. Which is
0: a very important part of music mm-hmm. um, as well. But yeah. And so so what's funny, though, is I had to do a re- recorder as well for music class when I was younger.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I did and, that, too.
0: And then the, the year after I had got my first electric guitar, um, our school, it was really cool. I still remember the the school day where they brought in all the students, uh, all the fourth grade students into the auditorium. And uh, they said, all right, if you want to play band, you go here. If you want to play an orchestra, you go here. Um, I was way more interested in strings and orchestra. So I went the orchestra route. And uh, um, oh, shoot, I'm trying to remember. It doesn't matter. I was trying to remember the teacher's name. But he, Mr. Deloria, Mr. Deloria, uh, comes out with a violin and he's playing some really beautiful classical music. And then he grabs a different violin and he says, uh, he play, plays like some fiddle music, like some country music on a violin, right? And he asks everybody, he says, you know, what, so guys, what's the difference between a violin and a fiddle? And mm-hmm. do you know the difference, Jared? Uh, fiddles are played
1: by hillbillies.
0: Yeah. That's basically oh, the really? difference. I mean, they're both, they're both totally actually... are vi- They're both... <laughs> I, I know you were. But the, fu- but the funny thing is that a fiddle is just a violin. The, just the styles of music are different. How it's played is, is what makes exactly. the difference. Because yeah. I think I even raised my hand. I was like, I don't, there's different strings. Like, you know, I was in fourth grade. I had no idea. Um, and so anyways, I picked the cello. And at our school, it was compulsory to play an instrument in fourth and fifth grade. You had to do the two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the first year, I don't remember who our teacher was. But he was a great teacher. I really enjoyed it. The, in fifth grade, I didn't enjoy the teacher. I was getting more into guitar, anyways. Right. And so the deal with my parents was, all right, if you quit cello, you have to continue with guitar. In hindsight, I wish I would have stuck with cello. But you know, when you're when you're what eleven or twelve years old, and you have sports and other ex- extracurricular activities, right. You don't understand those things. But yeah, um, but and the I guitar's think, cooler. Well,
1: uh, I think the cello is. I think I'm. I'm it, saying for. 10 year old you oh for sure for sure i mean I i'm not saying that, i'm not saying most, now i'm saying right like when you're a child you eat the guitar is right. way cooler
0: right and the cello is just such a beautiful expressive instrument but but anyways um
1: let's let's discuss some similarities have you though, ever um, music language. have yeah. you ever had any interest in like seriously learning a, a new instrument yeah of course like what? What do you, what's what, what do you, what's next for you? Mandolin. I have a mandolin back in the states.
0: Oh, it's just another form of a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Kind okay. of. I mean, I am more definitely more in, interested in stringed instruments because I think I can conceptualize playing them and it, and it's a little easier going from those whereas if I try to play like a saxophone or a trombone or something, I'd have no idea where to even begin. With. Right, with you're starting instruments, from scratch. Right. Uh, but mandolin has always been one I've wanted to learn. I have a sitar as well, um, but can only play like the intro to Norwegian Wood by the Beatles on the sitar. That's about all I can do on the sitar. The
1: sitar is um, that giant thing?
0: Yeah, it's an Indian instrument. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm looking it's at it It's using Hind- Hindustani music, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. But anyways, let's talk about some similarities and some links between music and language, because there are a lot of them. And I have to say, one thing I've noticed as a language teacher is my students who are musical whether they sing or play an instrument. I don't know if this is, you know, a, a mutual relationship or not, but it seems like they always have a, a better ear and generally have better pronunciation. I don't know if it's because of the music and their their ears are maybe a little more a little bit more sensitive towards things, but that's just one observation I've made in my four
1: to five years of language teaching. I would say that you're right. I would say that there there is a definite uh, connection between those two. I mean, you, you, you're just, it's, you know, whether it's they're aware of it or not, you're just naturally required to have a sharper ear as a musician. You have to be aware of a lot of subtle changes or subtle mistakes right. or whatever. And Absolutely. Even, if, even if, yeah, I think that's very true. I would, I would 100% agree with that. Um, actually, I'll give you this. Uh, in a study in 2010, it was shown that people who studied music before the age of seven developed larger vocabularies and better understanding of grammar than those who didn't. It's also commonly thought that those who learn a musical instrument at a young age, it's easier to learn a second language later in life. Interesting. So So I think that that kind of goes along with it. Right, so to all of our listeners
0: out there with children, put put your babies in music classes. It will be well worth it in the future, most definitely. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think is a very, very clear parallel between language and music is both are very clear forms of communication, right? I yes. mean language itself is the you know it's kind of weird when you think about it right like we use our vocal cords to push sound waves through the air they go into somebody's ear and those abstract sounds mean words that have all these other meanings that evoke feelings right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of happiness anger disgust whatever right and music it's it's kind of the same thing just usually through the through either either lyrics or through an instrument, you know, be it piano, trumpet, guitar, whatever. And I think it's really amazing that both you can kind of use both of these uh, forms, you know, language and music um, for communication and also for social bonding. You know, I think people yeah. bond over language and bond over music.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wrote down music is a universal language. And I mean, I think we're the uh, great example of that is, you know, as good example as that as any is that like, you don't need to, it's universal language in that, even if you don't understand the lyrics of a song, a lot of times through, you know, tone or or dynamics or speed or, you know, tempo, that's the word I should use, tempo Mm -hmm. of a song, you can, you can understand the uh, emotion that someone's trying to portray. And you can, and, and whether you understand the song or not, Uh, you know, the lyrics does not prevent you from like bopping along to a song. Like we listen to a bunch of songs that we have no idea what they're saying, but we will bop along to it and be like, "Oh, this is great! Oh, this is such a happy song!" Or, "Wow, this is a real depressing song," even though you have no idea what they're saying. Right. And the the other thing too,
0: speaking of music as language, music itself is kind of its own language, and it's like you have to learn a foreign language. Yeah. Even even just being able to talk about music, I remember when I was taking guitar lessons when I first began my guitar lessons, I was taught by a guy who himself was um, self-taught and was a very intelligent man and definitely knew a lot of musical terms, but you know, um, you have to really have a much deeper understanding of music to communicate with other musicians, right? Like I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't jam with you and say, yeah, I'm playing the note on the fifth fret on the fifth string, and then yeah. I'm moving to the sixth <laughs> fret on the third. St- you know, that makes no sense to use a pianist, right? right? So I'd have to say, you know, here I'm playing a D note, here I'm playing a G note, mm-hmm. you know, D major, G major. You know, you have to learn all these very specific terms, and it's a language within itself. And then being able to read music, You know, I learned how to read music. Well, it's kind of strange. So I learned how to read treble clef with cello when I was in fourth and fifth grade. Then I stopped. Right. And then when I started studying music in undergrad, I had to learn how to read music for guitar. And the difficulty with reading music for guitar is that um, you have so many different positions where you can play something. Mm -hmm. So you have to really know where the notes are and kind of have an idea of where, where this is supposed to be played on the instrument.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I um, yeah, well, two things. One is that I fully agree with you about the the music being a language thing. I mean, like the notes are essentially the alphabet and then everything around the notes telling you how to play the notes is sort of the grammar of how to exactly. pronounce the notes that you're playing. Um, I was actually the, the same way. It was actually kind of surprising to me. You know, when I started playing piano, I'd already been playing trump I'd already played trumpet in the past. So I knew I-, I knew I wasn't coming at fully from zero. I at least knew uh where the notes were on the treble clef. But like the bass clef I'd never learned. So that was brand new to me. Like I had to learn the bass clef and where notes were on the bass clef. And um that in itself was like a whole new beginning. But once you um you know put it together, obviously it starts to make sense. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is really like learning a new alphabet, even, even though you, I knew half of it and I thought, oh, I, I can pick it up. It's like, no, I mean, right. the notes are in a different spot on the bass clef. You have to like sort of re, you know, re, recalibrate your brain for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I
0: think another, uh, another connection with music and language is that, um, like you mentioned, uh, these are both great ways to kind of keep your brain fit. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. there's there's actually been quite a few studies that uh, have delved into the links between learning music or a second language. And what's interesting is a lot of these studies have shown that it lowers the risk of dementia in old age. So to keep your brain healthy, pick up an instrument, learn a foreign language and, uh, you know, keep your brain fit. And I think it's also good because it music and language both. Can really broaden your horizons about things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really, like, I remember talking to somebody, and they said, "Well, wh- what's the point of learning music, right? Like, why, 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 why get a major in in classical guitar studies, right?" Which is Chicks. which is a valid question, right? Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, the one thing that I learned while studying music is you really learn to appreciate the beauty in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's through classical music or jazz or rock or doesn't really matter the genre. But I think that we need these humanity studies, um, especially for children, because it just it gives you, I think, a deeper appreciation of the world and things around you and culture. And I think language does the same thing.
1: Yeah. And they both. Yeah, they both help um, help you understand a culture more. E- even a, e- I mean, even music. Like you know, a lot of, for example, Latin music is very dance based, or or, and you Mm -hmm. can hear that in the in the melodies, where uh, more than than i don't know something else i can't think of another example but like uh like uh you know it's just like you you can hear that in in the melodies and you're like oh why is it that all this music sounds like this is it because Mm -hmm. a lot of these latin countries have a huge you know dancing you know dancing is a huge part of their culture and all right something like that and it does help you understand the culture better another thing i want to say about the dementia thing you mentioned is i feel like i've seen that happen in reality um one of my i both of my grandparents are uh, grandmothers are still alive one of them is in her um in her maybe mid 80s and she's starting to lose her memory it's you know very obvious that she forgets obvious stuff and mm-hmm. and um and uh my other grandmother is in her late 90s uh i don't know the exact age but like 95 to 7 somewhere in between okay. there okay nice and she uh is sharp as a ginsu And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that she plays piano almost every single day. That's awesome. um, You know, she obviously she has an upright piano at her house. That's how you play every day. You kind of have to have one. But she also for the longest time when she was younger, she used to um, she was the pianist for her church, too. So she was. You know, actively performing and and um, keeping it up for not just for her own sake, but for you know to perform. That's fantastic. And she still plays all the time. Like you know, if I will go to her house, it will not be weird for her to just be sitting there playing on her piano. And um, does you she know, I'm give sure, you tips? I haven't played around her. I haven't. I've never played for her since. You I, um, yeah, I, I just never really had an opportunity. Really. That what, I don't have- what, what do you mean there's
0: an upright piano in her
1: house well that's true it's not that i haven't had an opportunity it's that i haven't made an opportunity i could easily make the opportunity because right. uh like now that my parents have a house there i i, I sh- she's more often coming to my parents house or right. i'm more often going to her house like if there's like you know for christmas once you know once a, sure. a bunch of families there and stuff but you know I could easily make the time to go there. It's not hard. I just haven't you right. know, made the effort. But see, I. She would love it. Because she actually, I used to, um, when I was a kid, and I used to spend a lot of time over the summers at my grandparents' house. And I used to, um, as Michael Zupstrom would say, noodle around on. Um, on her piano and just like make up melodies and stuff. Obviously, I didn't know notes or anything or anything at right, that point. Right. Right. Um, but she used to always tell my parents that I should, I should, they should uh, put me in piano classes and stuff. And they never did. But you know, obviously, I learned other instruments and stuff. Right. Right. And uh, I think she, she would definitely very much appreciate hearing me play that. She would love it.
0: But see, that's uh, another, that's another parallel that I didn't even think of. But children, especially, are very good with language and with music and creating, even though they don't, they don't know the. You know, the, the kind of um, meta-concepts of, you know, well, what is a note? What is a pitch? What is a scale? What is a rhythm? Mm-hmm. You know, they might know some very basics, but it's the same with language, right? Children are obviously fluent in a language before they know, you know, what a what a subject is or what a verb is or what, you know, an, an, an infinitive is. So right. I think that's another parallel that, like... I think there's something about music and about language that is just innate within all of us. And when I say all of us, I mean all of us. I don't care if you tell me, oh, well, I'm not, you know, Chad, I'm not musical at all. I guarantee you, if you hear a beat, you probably can bob your head to the beat or tap your foot. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be an amazing dancer, or if you were to pick up an instrument, you could automatically play everything rhythmically perfect. But I think those are just two very innate human traits, With language and with music,
1: well, yeah. Like when I was noodling around on my uh, grandma's piano when I was younger, obviously I didn't properly know how to stay within the right chords and chord progressions and all that stuff, but I did get the concept of like how to make a melody. Not even you know, not even that it was question and answer, or not even that it had a form to it, Mm -hmm. but that in my like there was that natural sense of like, just like it 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 was less than making proper, you know, like a proper form to a music, but it was more than just walking up to the, uh, to the piano and doing like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, I I wasn't just slamming my hand, (laughs) I wasn't just slamming my hand onto the keyboard, uh, you know, to, to make music. I was actually, you know, in my mind, attempting some sort of melody and some sort of like, yeah, it was more than just slamming my hands and less than actually making proper music. So there was some innate understanding into and i obviously i'd heard music all the time uh, as a at that age too so you get you get it and it's like even if you can't make it you get like what they're doing and you understand like even if you don't realize you do i think you know a lot of people do right and you know what's crazy though is my one of my guitar teachers in undergrad
0: he told me that music is such an innate human trait that like if if you're performing a classical guitar piece and you may hit the wrong notes, like babies in the audience might even start to cry, like like they, mm. you know. And I know that's kind of sounds like an extreme example, but I think it's kind of true. Like we we hear things and we kind of have an idea of when it's whatever quote unquote right or wrong is. Right. Um, I think we can tell. Now, what's also fascinating about language and about music and another similarity is that on a very very basic level. Music and language are both compositional. What I mean by this is language and music are made up of small parts. With music, obviously, it's pitches and rhythms and melodies. Mm. With languages, it will be, you know, words. um, Phrases, sentences. Phrases, sentences, verbs, everything like that. And what's interesting is language and music by itself, if you, you know, really look at it, if you take it, you know, kind of like under a microscope... You know, if you just have a note by itself, it's not really, it's not really music per se, right? If you right. just have a note and it's the same with language, if you just have one word by itself, it doesn't really mean much, but See? once you combine these notes and once you combine these <laughs> words, it's really when you start making sentences and stories and, and pieces of music. And, For sure. Uh, so, yeah, so, so, you know, you could look at music, um, at its most basic level consisting of, you know, individual notes, just like we have, you know, uh, language at its most basic level would just be words. But once you put all those words together or those notes together is how we really communicate.
1: Yeah. And in much like, you know, when you're building a sentence with a language, you know, a a, a phrase or multiple phrases builds a sentence, which is almost the exact same terminology you'd use for music, you know, like phrases build the song. And uh, they, you know, they say this phrase, which is a section of, of, of music and uh, or sections they use like A, B, which is like a paragraph. And it yeah, is. It's really, you know, it's like writing an essay or something like that. Absolutely. One thing I love about both learning a language and uh, learning an instrument is constantly setting goals for myself. Like oh, I it's have must. all these. a I have all these short-term goals for my uh, music, my piano playing, you know, like learn this song, learn this, uh, you know, learn how to, you know, learn these scales so I can do different chord progressions. Right. Um, But then also I have sort of more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nebulous goals, sort of more- Mm -hmm. Lofty goals. goals. Yeah. Loftier goals for the far future. Like I I spend, or I've spent a good amount of time at like local- uh, you know, local bars that have live music at them. That seems like so much fun. I would love to do that. And, um, and you know, every time I go there, uh, every time I go to places like that, I, there's always a part in the back of my head that's like, you could do this. Give it like you a couple more years. Oh, I'm sure I could. But um, and I, I, li- I like to, like for example, um, you know, when I went to uh, this, this uh, coffee desk concert or whatever they call it, it was a singer... A uh bass slash guitar. He did both depending on the song. There was a keyboardist and then there was a drummer. And, you know, I spent I was looking at all of them. It was not hard to look at all of them, but obviously I spent a good amount of time looking at the keyboardist because that's what I would like to do someday. And I was like, oh, I could do that. It's so cool watching him. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially me that um much like, you know, one of the biggest fears people have uh, even, you know, they always say, you know, more people fear uh, giving a life, you know, giving a speech than they do, f- you know, than they fear giving, uh you know, fear, excuse me, than they fear dying, for example. right? And I don't really fear giving a speech like that. You know, it makes me nervous like the next person, but I really do fear performing. And that's, and like, I hate performing. You know, I, I uh, sweat profusely even just playing our jam track a couple episodes ago by the way i listened to jam track three the other day i don't know how you like that one more than Jam track four it's a mess to me well no bit bits and pieces okay okay because it just pieces. sounds like so much more of a mess to me and i made a couple mistakes in there timing and note wise that i didn't make in the later one you, but, you did um, but i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna you know just <laughs> roast you based on those mistakes uh but uh yeah no I, I it it's I like the goal of of even just trying to get over that fear of performing. Like right. um even when like my sister was here or like when people are here and I like play just with one person or standing behind me, I get way more uncomfortable and way sure. more, and I wake, make way more mistakes than it's just me in my room by myself right. playing. And I but I I like thinking that um uh, that's a fear that I can easily overcome. And I it is.
0: You definitely can. And I think people also have that same fear when they learn a foreign language. When I oh, first sure. came here, I had practiced my very basic phrases and there were some times where I, I would really, really hesitate to say them. And I completely understand what you mean regarding performing, Jared. Like for, for me, I, I don't really get afraid to perform anymore. But for me, I'm just kind of like, well... I used to practice so much and I don't have the time mm-hmm. to practice like that. I know where I was at when I was probably at my best. I would say it was probably between my freshman year of college and my senior year of college was when it was it was honestly to the point where I could hum something or hear something and basically play it. Now, mm-hmm. I couldn't, maybe if it was like a complicated chord progression, I couldn't do that. But if it was like a melody, I could figure it out fairly quickly. I can still kind of do that. But for example, last week, I took my guitar into class on Thursday and we sang We Are the Champions as a class. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned that how to play that song the day before, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and old, old me, you know, my senior year of college, I probably could have learned that the day before and not made any mistakes. Whereas when I was playing it for the students, uh, I made some mistakes. But the other problem was too... I wasn't just playing it. I was also facilitating it, making sure they were singing the words. Yeah. You're teaching. So, well,
1: You're not just, you can't just perform and sort of zone out. Right, exactly. You still have to be, your, multiple parts of your brain are going off at once. It's like right. me listening to a podcast while I... <laughs> right.
0: Well, and the other thing is too, like, it's a it's a whole different, I feel in a lot of ways very limited when I perform by myself, because one, I'm not one of those guitar players that is a great finger style guitarist where I can basically make my guitar sound like an orchestra right mm-hmm. I can play I can finger pick and I can do things like this but I don't feel comfortable to you know a really great finger style guitar player will have the bassline, the melody and the harmonies all within their their right and left hand and doing this basically, you know they're playing at least you know three to six strings at a time whereas right. when you're strumming chords, to accompany a song is, it, to me as a guitar player, I can play more than that. So I get kind of bored with it, but I'm mm-hmm. not at the level anymore where I could just bust out this crazy solo finger style guitar that has the bass line and the melody and everything. But it does, it's good for your brain. And it also, uh, there's been a lot of studies that show that Playing music and playing, uh, playing, playing music and learning and speaking languages activate similar parts of the brain. And there have been some cases of people who've had a really severe stroke and they can't talk. But one of the things they do in therapy is they sing. And mm. oh, some yeah. people have no problem singing, but they still mm-hmm. can't speak. And what's also interesting too, I saw this video of this um, older gentleman, probably in his 90s, and his son brought him a guitar. And there were these two other old guys playing saxophone and trumpet, I believe. And he was busting out all these jazz standards from that he used to play back in the day. And who knows the last time that that guy played or practiced guitar. And it right. just goes back to show you it activates a different part of your brain. And I know at least when I'm really playing and I'm not thinking about what I'm doing, um, it's kind of like a weird subconscious thing like when you speak a, like language at a native level.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, um, it's uh, really exciting for me to think that I'm going to be playing like piano uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, oh, I for mean, sure. I, obviously, I could easily if I wanted to, and I, I think I will. And uh, that, that's very exciting for me. I, I, like, I like the thought of that. Oh, definitely. You know what else is exciting, Jared? Mm, I do. I do. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of our favorite things, songs that are also sang in Spanish. For sure. I was going to say songs in more
0: than one language, but yes. absolutely. Oh, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to our Song of the Pod, which mm-hmm. is by uh, an artist named Prince Royce. And Jared admitted to me, which I already knew this about Jared, but he admitted <laughs> he's not a fan of covers. No, um, I, I, I'm kind of the same unless it's a good version. And I think this version of Stand By Me is really interesting.
1: Actually, that concert I went to the other day, they did a couple covers, and it was okay. great because one of them was um what's that leonard Skinner I'm a Cowboy, uh, dead or alive okay um, and their covers were were so good that like um you didn't even recognize what it was until like he got to the at least for dead or alive until he got to the chorus, and uh, like they completely changed this you know the tempo, they sort of changed up the melody a bit, right. and he slowed it down a lot, and he sort of uh and I, I did really enjoy his covers. And because they, you know, they're all sort of surprising where it's like he was right. for the Dead or Alive song. He's like, I know everyone will know this. Feel free to sing along. And it was like silence until he got to the uh, until the he chorus. got to the chorus. And then everyone was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. It's, and that's
0: that's the beauty with covers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a really great I forget the band now, but there's a really great cover of Enter Sandman by Metallica, but it's playing in a funk
1: style. Mm, mm-hmm. Which is really awesome, but yeah. So this one is. I, Stand prefer, by I Me. will say this: I do what? prefer those covers than a cover that's just reproducing a song.
0: Right. Well, yeah. It's like why you're not going to you're most likely not going to play it better than the original. So yeah, why right. why bother? I agree. Like, It's
1: fun to learn, but it's weird to perform just the right. exact
0: same. Exactly. Unless you're in a cover band, which is a whole different thing. But anyways, let's talk more mm-hmm. about this uh, "Stand by Me" cover. So yeah, um, you know we have. Um, kind of more of a latin vibe to it with the instrumentation in the background mm-hmm. um, i love the way that prince roys code switches between english and spanish yep
1: which is do you great know, do you know uh where he's from i do not okay he's from new york but uh he's uh his at well, least both of his parents so him also are dominican so they're from the dominican okay. republic so that's where the uh you know the effortless spanish would come in i not i would assume it definitely right. is where it comes in <laughs> And I love the fact that the
0: the what's usually the bass line,
1: do 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 do
0: doot, you know that they play that with. I believe it's a I think it's a baritone saxophone. Okay, it's definitely a saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds great, and it's it's different than having the bass in the background, which is kind of cool, and it already gives it from
1: the get go. It gives it a different vibe. Yeah, and we've talked a lot through different songs where they subtly code switch in songs mm-hmm. that I love. One, I love it because it's impressive. You know, you know, you're a bilingual person, but also it gives you so much more. I mean, not really in this song because he's just covering a song. But what I do like about the code switching of languages in the song is it gives you so much more variety and options as far as um, words to use and how to put Mm -hmm. words together. So, like you know, as I mentioned a long time ago, say you're trying to put together a a line, and the English word doesn't fit. so you put in like the Spanish word or vice versa. The Spanish right. word doesn't fit as well, but the say the English word has one less syllable, so it fits sure. better. Sure, And right. I, I love I love that that ability to switch back and forth. And uh, most people, because you're you're you know writing you know saying a sentence, uh, you know through music through context clues, even if you don't know the word or you don't fully get it, you still kind of get what they're getting at. Sure. Well, especially if it's a cover, you know, like mm-hmm. he. He, he says,
0: even in the first, the first couple lines of the song, when the night has come and the land is dark, y la luna es la luz. Oh, I didn't catch the last part. My Spanish isn't that great. But, <laughs> but yeah, so he's switching in between English and Spanish, and uh-huh. it sounds great. And I, oh, man, just I don't know what it is about Spanish, but to me, when it's sung, I think it is one of the most
1: beautiful languages yes um, to listen to i mean it's just fantastic and well i think um, because as a language you know not even just as a speaking language a big part of it is making it sound nice you know and, and, and connecting right. words so they flow properly so you know even before you add in the singing they're already talking in a way that it, it's going to flow almost like a song already right uh,
0: exactly. yeah so it's just it's just
1: it's very it fits very very nicely with the uh, and yeah so this is who didn't originally sing stand by me oh
0: jeez um, that's a I'll, great should I, sh- I, sh- I should know
1: this. I'm not sure. Ben E. King, huh? Is that who it is? Okay, could could be, could be. Mm, but yeah, I mean, it's a song that's been around for forever, <laughs> right? And right. everyone, I'm sure, has heard that song before. Yeah, I think oh, Ben E. King definitely. is the original.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, it's a fantastic it's song. Stand by me. The cover is by Prince Royce. Check it out, especially if you enjoy music, and Espanol and Spanish. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So you can find that on our Twitter page, Untranslatable1, or on our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. Check it out. We hope you can pick up some new Spanish words. You know, that is one of our many goals and missions here as a podcast is to expose all of our listeners out there to new words in foreign languages. We try to be very unbiased. I have to really give Jared a lot of credit because he always has some very diverse... Untranslatable phrases out there. Um, so it's absolutely fantastic. And check yeah, out our songs.
1: To, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're, You're doing good. Great. Check out our songs of the <laughs> pod
0: to get some extra exposure to different languages and also different cultures as well. It's absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, I try my hardest not to just focus on the same languages that always come to, my, come to mind. And, and I actively do like Google, you know, Asian languages or African languages and try to find uh, right. different ones. Absolutely. Uh, Quemas, quemas. That's Spanish what for else, what else? What more? Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so I, you know, you chose the um song of the pot today and I thought it was a very fitting choice because uh we're now doing Spanish word of the pot as I alluded to at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I've started learning some Spanish and I yeah, I've got a lot of phrases. And before I even started learning, I um someone showed me a video of it was actually my girlfriend. She showed me a video of this guy uh, who is Dominican from New York, that was telling some funny story. He's a comedian. He was telling some funny story about how one of his friends got into some issue and that his grandma or aunt or something was, um, was, uh, was, help, you know, was helping him. And, she, and, and uh, he went to his grandma and he's like, abuela, which is Spanish for grandma. Yep. Uh, he's like, uh, blah, 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 needs your help. And uh, she's like, okay, get my chancletas. <laughs> right, her and- slippers. Oh yeah. And that was the uh-huh. that's the word of the pod is chancletas. I love that word when I heard it I was like what is that? And she's like that means slippers. I was like oh that's a great yeah. word. I found out actually chancletas is not I mean it is a word for slippers, but the word for slippers like the the at least the base word is chancla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, chancletas is essentially saying like my little slippers. Little how slippers. in German you'd add chien to the end of words to say or like line. little something. Exactly. Yeah, or line. And so that's the first uh, word of the – also perfect for you because you're a big uh, slipper – proponent. Uh, you have a lot of grandpa slippers and dad slippers that you wear around. <laughs> I mean, I have one pair of chancletas here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I've always taken note of your slippers because they tend to be – the re- main reason I call them dad slippers is because they're like those leather slip-on ones that my dad always uh, – I wonder what happened to
0: those because I had those in, in college and then yeah. I, they disappeared or – I have no idea.
1: I, I need to get reason, another pair of those. The only reason I call them dad slippers is because my dad had a very similar or same style, you know, the exact same style of slippers right. when I was growing up. But yeah, that word has stuck in my head. And uh, it was just a great... It's also a great example of just how beautiful, like, the Spanish language is. It's so fun to say. And it's it like, sounds so Chocolatas. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's and, a great language. Absolutely. That's my first... That's my first... uh Spanish word of the pod. From now on, start. they'll be more uh, apropos to the s- topics uh, like yours are uh, with the Czech word of the pod. But I just love that word so much, and I, I, I wanted to share it because I've been saying it as much as I can. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to be apropos. I think sometimes it's good to have some off-the-wall ones like
0: chancletas, which is, okay. which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my Czech word of the pod today, Jared, is spojení. And spojeni, I will just tell you what it means. Spojeni is Czech for connection. I have chosen this word because this episode we've been talking quite a bit about similarities and connections between language and music. So I thought that Mm -hmm. would be fitting. And I'm pretty sure I have used the words music and language before as Czech words of the pod. The word for language in Czech is jazik, which is interesting because that's also the Czech word for tongue. Ah, And then the word for music is Hudba. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, and food is yidlo. I don't know this came yeah, to my yeah mind. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's an important one, absolutely. And you know the the other thing too um, with language and music is there's so many different types of music and types of language. It's always cool to kind of wrap your ear around the different sounds. And I think that's mm-hmm. one other spoyeni or connection between language and music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, Jared. You. I have to say, I'm always happy when we do music uh topics because i have music jokes up the wazoo. Oh, i can um, imagine. I, I wish I wish these were originals but i can't take credit for them as uh originals. But here we go. Do it will No, <laughs> That's that's true. You could probably just google the jokes though and find them on a website. So here we go. Um what type of music are balloons afraid of? Uh i don't know. What kind? Pop music. Uh, what part of a turkey is musical? I don't know. The drumstick. Oh. You could have used a chicken for that. Another, another animal joke for you, Jared. What is the musical part of a snake? Uh,
1: the rattle. Oh, that works. That's great. <laughs> I was going to say the scales. Oh, that's even better because all snakes have scales, not all snakes right. have rattles.
0: Exactly. Um, and... Uh, continuing with the animal theme, what do you call a cow that can play a musical instrument?
1: Elefunky. I mean, that would be an elephant, not a cow. (laughs) Oh! A a musician. (laughs) That shows how close I pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great.
0: That's great. All right. Um, Good. All right. So those are our jokes of the pod. And now time to leave our listeners with a quote of the pod. And I think... Uh, Throughout this episode, there have been a lot of similarities with music and with language. And the, the biggest similarity to me is just the fact that both of them can bring so much joy and you can learn so much in your life. So if there's anything you all take away from this episode today is I really hope this will motivate you to get excited about learning another language or picking up an instrument, and also understanding the benefits of languages and music. So really don't take for granted the beauty, the fun, and the joy. And I think it far surpasses the frustration and the difficulties of learning an instrument or a language.
1: Yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, re- nothing good comes easy. That
0: is true. And I think when you learn a language or an instrument or both of them, you can really uh, break all the dishes. You betcha. For sure. Well done.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So we hope you all have enjoyed this episode and learned some new similarities between uh, music and language. And we hope that you all are inspired, motivated, and excited to either learn a new language or learn a new instrument or continue on your musical or linguistic journey. And let us know what instruments you are learning or you currently play or the languages you are learning. Um, or currently speak on untranslatable podcast at gmail.com you can slide into our dms on twitter untranslatable1 also check out our instagram for exciting pictures good clips especially of ones when jared likes to talk shit about me while i get my pom also that smi- that smile was too beautiful <laughs> man oh man um, too great i hope you know that smile is going to become a meme just be ready uh, i, I hope have so. something in the works i'm okay um, with so that yeah so check out all of our different social media channels. We would really appreciate it. And uh, we cannot thank you all enough for your support, all of our inter- international listeners around the world. You betcha. Um, we hope that you bring as much joy. We hope that we bring as much joy into your lives with our podcast as you do having uh, us having you as listeners. Sorry, I can't speak English today. Anyways, we thank you all Slippin so on much. gator piss. Uh Keep your eyes out for exciting and fun new content coming out, especially the uh, tour guide editions with some exciting and new information for everybody. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, gracias and yakuyame.